Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you. And he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazodcast, a very special Mazodcast, an all-Kansas episode. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. With me, as always, is head of the Legion of Doom, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And director of men's basketball recruiting for the Mizzou Tigers, Brian Goers. It's been a good week. It's good to be here. Yeah. You've had a great week, Brian. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm finally succeeding in uh, one of my jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And thanks for calling in from the... uh, facility for the criminally insane that you're currently residing in mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it's good to be here we've got a lot of company that's all i'm going to say about that yeah well um, I, I mentioned it was an all kansas episode of the mazodcast and a lot of our listeners might be saying why would a mizzou podcast devote so much time and attention to kansas yeah, it's a, a football podcast <laughs> in <laughs> the middle of march yeah the answer to that is really well we do Kansas news every week, and mm-hmm. we, we like to stay up with Kansas because they are chicken shit pussies who refuse to play us in sports. And so it's really, we like to, you know, th- our, this is our natural rivalry, and uh, we need to keep that alive because Kansas is trying desperately to uh, to steer clear of us because they're so scared mm-hmm. and impotent yes, and dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. So uh, All of those things. We want to celebrate all that is the worst state in the nation and likely the worst geographic region in all of the world. Which is Kansas? Yes, if the Earth has a sphincter, it is Kansas, mm-hmm. Lawrence, Kansas, to be you know specific. Mm-hmm. So uh, sure. what what we're going to do here is we that's where the turds slide out of, Brennan. Okay, thanks for thanks for. I really, know a lot about anatomy and stuff. Thanks for really beating that home. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do is we are going to bring you Kansas news, but we're going to do other things. Uh, and a lot of our listeners may have realized this weekend that uh, Kansas lost a pretty important basketball game this weekend. Yeah, there's a little tournament going on called the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a tiered system, yeah, as most tournaments do. Teams play one another, mm-hmm. and then the the field gets kind of shaved down, if yep. you will, Brennan. And uh, there's a part of this tournament called the Elite Eight. Right. And this is where Kansas had made it to. They've made it here before to mm-hmm. the Elite Eight many times before. I believe eight the, times. Yeah, yeah, the result is very predictable, though. Mm-hmm. Yes, six out of those eight times, uh, they lose. And yes. four out of those times, they were a number one seed, which really is the easiest way to get to the Elite Eight, is to yeah. be a number one seed. But they, uh, they annually lose that game. And it is soul-crushing for Kansans because it's all they have. All of them. They have. There, there's literally nothing else that they can ever look forward to, and they think that they're going to win the state champ, national championship every year, but they only lose in the elite eight. You know, the best one of the best tweets I saw all night was a picture of a Kansas fan in agony from this loss because, again, like you said, that's all they have to live for. And it said, "I lo- we lost in elite eight, and I still have to live in Kansas." <laughs> so there's no upside. <laughs> yeah, and, and well, and Brennan, you you accidentally said you know their best thing is. They do seem to win the Kansas State championship, you know, quite often, right? I mean, they they win state championships all the time. The national championships seem to be more difficult. Yeah, they are one of one of the best teams in Kansas. Although I'll say, Wichita State has been giving them quite a run for the money for that title, and they have tried to chicken shit run from them too. Yeah, and they had been unsuccessful in the in the tournament in running from them and beating them. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really a tough time to be a Kansan. It's a great time to be a Missouri fan. Sure it is, for many reasons. Yeah. So before we get into everything, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. Obviously, we're going to have Kansas news. 
We're going to learn a little bit more about Kansas. I had uh, conducted an interview with a real live historian from the state of Kansas who told us a little bit about the history of Kansas and what Kansas has to look forward to in the future. I'm not a historian, but I'm presuming that Kansas was a some sort of penal colony, sort of like Australia, and that's where they got their start. Yeah, strictly for pedophiles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then at least I know a little something. Mm-hmm. We're uh, we're going to do some other things. We're going to bring you some sour grapes because there's there's a lot of sour grapes that happened in the past week, and it's not just Kansas sour grapes about this past game. Colin, tell us a little bit about the other sour grapes that Mizzou fans might be interested well, in. Well, if, if you guys aren't aware, we hired a brand-new basketball coach. He hired a new assistant coach named Michael Porter Sr. That news was broken by Dave Matter, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway. So we hear. Yeah, so anyway, that assistant coach happens to have two sons, one of which is Michael Porter Jr., and uh, the number one recruit in the nation. And he has now announced that he is going to be playing his collegiate basketball at the University of Missouri. Yes, that is pretty fucking exciting if you're a Tiger fan. Not only is it great news, but it's news that we never thought was going to happen. I've had an erection for four days straight. Yeah, and you didn't really get to the uh, the question I asked, which is why we want to talk about oh, sour grapes. There's uh, lots of people who are really upset about that. Yeah, a lot of UW fans, a lot of Washington fans out in Seattle who uh, were looking forward uh, to the services. They go by UW. <laughs> yeah. UW. Thanks for clearing that up. You've noticed. <laughs> Yeah, but they had a lot of things to say yeah, they about were, um, Porter they changing were his mind. Kicking their Birkenstocks and hitting the dashboard of their Priuses and <laughs> popping their Xanax up. and mm-hmm. don't, wrecking don't all the rain. Yeah, <laughs> wrecking their Subarus. <laughs> yes, they were really upset. <laughs> yeah, stomping around in their the <laughs> in their rain slickers. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll bring that to you. I mean, I I can't imagine how many scarves and fedoras and black rimmed glasses were just thrown asunder at this mm-hmm. news. Yeah, a lot of really... And an, an interesting fact most people don't know about Washington is we have sour grapes out here. They have sour apples up in Washington. <laughs> oh, Brian, you have been missed. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that because we re- let's be honest, we can't really talk about Kansas for an entire hour without no. vomiting. Yeah, it would... I, explosive diarrhea like probably my reaction and there's it's just too juicy of basketball news to not discuss sure so uh but before we do all that let's dig in let's dig right in to our first little bit of kansas news i always heard there were three kinds of suns in kansas sunshine sunflowers sons of bitches this is kansas news Our first story is Kansas woman urinates in yard, slaps child. (laughs) A woman was arrested and two young children taken into protective custody after residents of West Wichita reported bizarre behavior by a driver Wednesday night. Police said the woman reportedly pulled into a driveway of a house about 8.20 p.m. Wednesday. She got out, urinated in the yard, and then slapped a three-year-old in the face numerous times. She then drove away, pulling into a second yard, then a third, where she ran over a mailbox. The locations were several blocks apart, Captain Daryl Atterbury said. The woman was pulled over at a fourth address and taken into custody. Officers are investigating whether she was driving under the influence. Two young children were then placed in protective custody. See, immediately if this was happening in Missouri, you would just know she was drunk. But in Kansas, they, they really, it's up in the air. They're going to have to do the blood test and the whole nine yards. She's like, they have to check. It's, it's, per, it's typical Kansan behavior. Yeah, it's like, is this person drunk or are they just being a Kansan? Mm-hmm. Kansas couple robbed while inside dumpster. <laughs> what do you rob from somebody who lives in a dumpster? <laughs> they didn't say lived in a dumpster. You made that assumption that a Kansan would live I'm, in a dumpster. I'm sorry. Well, they could have just been dumpster. visiting friends who lived in a dumpster. <laughs> that's on, that's on me. A dumpster in Kansas is a pretty good residence. <laughs> oh, we've often talked about a you know a, a double sided corrugated box is like a a mini mansion, a McMansion to those people. Mm-hmm. So you imagine a metal. Laidlaw dumpster was just the the square footage alone. They the envy of all everyone. I'm sure <laughs> realtors would drool at the opportunity yeah, to, move to that represent that. Yeah, especially uh, if the plastic roof still you know goes up and down just nicely. You know, wow, that, way they can that would keep be the, keep the rain out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's top shelf stuff. <laughs> a man and woman decided to give the phrase dumpster diving a new twist over the weekend, crawling inside one so they could be alone. But while <laughs> they were. 
Well, if it wasn't <laughs> no full of way. garbage already, now it's full of Kansas ejaculate. <laughs> but while they were engaged in what Kansas police described as an intimate moment... <laughs> Uh, I had not read this story before. (laughs) They were robbed by a man with a pocket knife. Oh, boy. It all unfolded. Could they not find anything in the dumpster that's more threatening than a pocket knife? I feel like virtually anything. I feel a nude nude Kansan covered in garbage is enough of a deterrent, you would think, anyway. It all unfolded shortly after 6 p.m., police said, when a man and a woman, both age 44, crawled into the trash container for privacy. A short time later, a 59-year-old man and his 64-year-old companion interrupted the couple inside the trash container. The crazy thing is they didn't plan on robbing them. They had just showed up at the same dumpster for the same purpose. And they're like, hey, somebody's in our dumpster. Let's rob them. Didn't you see the do not disturb sign on my dumpster? Yeah. Hey, this is the dumpster we have our hobo orgies in. Get out. With the older man encouraging him, the 59-year-old man pulled out the pocket knife and took shoes, jewelry, and the 44-year-old man's wallet. Police were notified, and officers found the two suspects a short time later. The stolen property was recovered. Wow, nice work, oh, Kansas police. Happy ending to the... <laughs> literally. Happy yeah, ending. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> Tattooed Kansas bicyclist miffed about being pulled over while wearing a thong. What else do you wear on a bike? Is this a story? <laughs> There's a mundane side of Larry Keith. He's a 59-year-old great-grandfather. 59 years old. Where have I heard that before? Yeah. Does he also do a little dumpster diving? He's a retired truck driver, survivor of open-heart surgery, and lives in a tidy home in North Wichita. And there's Keith's expressive side. He has tattoos from the top of his head to the last digit of his toes and everywhere in between, literally everywhere. Since the oh, 60s, <laughs> Keith has covered his body in more than $35,000 worth of tattoos. I feel sorry for the fact checker for this story. <laughs> Every inch of his body? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, lift up that nutsack, fella. <laughs> Let's see that taint. <laughs> oh, there's a bullseye on it. Never mind. <laughs> I should have taken your word for it. <laughs> Let's get into the uh, variety of things that are tattooed on his body. There are Native American images, sports logos, and images of women in sexual poses. Mm-hmm. So, uh, obviously, he's the uh, chancellor at Kansas University. Yep. (laughs) Um, Before his 59th birthday last May, Keith and his buddies thought it would be funny if he showed off his skin while riding a bicycle past City Hall. Hilarious. And only wearing a thong. The material would cover his crotch in a narrow strip of his backside, but much of his tattooed buttocks would still show. He thought it was legal to dress that way in public, and apparently he's right. Still, it didn't keep him from being detained by law enforcement on one of Wichita's busiest streets. In like 2014, first season of Mazodcast, we had a story. Oh, I think we had a recurring story. About a man who would walk around naked in Kansas, and they couldn't do anything about it because there's no law in the books for nudity. Mm -hmm. So this guy in a thong is... Yeah. Scot free, as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, I mean, well, precedent. And can we can we talk about the busiest street in Wichita where it had like two horses going down? Or something? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It, as long as it's right along the path to the yep. Prairie Dog Meat Rendering Factory, it will be a busy street. Yep. The candle making shop and the apothecary mm-hmm. and the haberdashery and right the, there along the main drag with the with the with the blacksmith. You know, they're right there on the main drag and the hospital leeching emergency center. <laughs> Nearly a year later, he remains peeved. According to Wichita police, it is legal for someone to wear a thong in public if it covers their genitals and other body parts regulated by the city's nudity ordinance, which apparently exists now. Brand new. But Sedgwick County Sheriff says the reason he pulled Keith over that day was not because he wore a thong, but because he unsafely affected traffic flow by going less than five miles an hour on his bicycle on a busy Main Street downtown. Keith contends he should not have been stopped and notes that his traffic ticket was dismissed. But he recently decided to speak out about the incident. With his 60th birthday approaching, he's still stewing about what happened just a year before. He's like a real Dr. King. Yeah. yeah. He's a civil rights mastermind. <laughs> yeah. See a lot of comparisons there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's a little taste of what we're going to be bringing you today. Brian, I, I don't know if you are aware of this or not, but when we tweet about kansas in uh on our twitter account a lot of times the iphone i've discovered has a glitch in it you know i think we all use iphones on the Mazodcast crew that's what the company pays for mm-hmm. and uh, there's a there's a real problem with the texting it accidentally capitalizes the word kansas have you noticed this brian yeah, yeah, I have. Well, I have fixed the problem, but I have noticed that it is a problem. Yes, and so we're gonna we're gonna help our listeners because 
it's kind of embarrassing when you. It is. I've I've been chastised by our Twitter followers many times mm-hmm. when I tweet the word sure. Kansas and forget to uh, autocorrect the yeah, correct, yeah, yeah, lowercase the K. So you know, and I don't like to have spelling errors on my tweets. I feel no. like it makes me look stupid. I don't. I have grammatical errors, and so the fact that they they capitalize Kansas, it's it can be a really kind of a humiliating thing. So we want to help all our listeners by walking you through a little tutorial to uh, make sure that Kansas is never capitalized. And, and this is stand, bear with me. This is for iPhones because. We, we know that a big chunk of our listeners use them based on our user data. And so it's a quick seven-step process. If you have an iPhone, here's all you need to do. You go into settings and find general tab. Go into the general tab and find the keyboard setting. And when we find the keyboard setting that has a shortcut um, option, you can add a new shortcut and choose a phrase. You can write in a phrase and in, in this phrase, or in this instance, write in Kansas with a capital K at the beginning. Underneath it, it'll ask for shortcut, and you can write Kansas in again, but this time, don't capitalize the K. Make sure it is lowercase. So then you can test that. That's all you need to do. Go back to your text, write in Kansas, write it with a capital K, and and it should, your iPhone should, at that point, correct it properly and remove the capitalization and put Kansas in its proper lowercase format. And then, listeners... This is a public service. You will never be embarrassed once again by a stupid iPhone glitch. Or instead of the lowercase k Kansas, you could just put Godless Hellscape as the shortcut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do that too. You can put as many shortcuts in you want. Put Godless Hellscape. It will correct it to lowercase Kansas. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> it's just less typing, and we sure, all know it's the sure. exact same thing. Exact same thing. Yeah, it saves it saves characters on your uh, your. Tweets. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Good point, Brian. And what we're telling you here is is absolutely true. Yes. It is absolutely, absolutely real. It's a real setting. So go back, listen to what I told you, and fix that shortcut, and you'll never be embarrassed by a capital capitalized Kansas again. So, fellas, I think what we should do, we should take our first break, get a breather from talking about this godforsaken hellscape. Sure. And uh, let's dig deeper a little bit more into the Michael Porter Jr. situation because Mizzou basketball went from the shithouse house. To the big house, as Colin said of last week, but but uh, we've it's it's definitely the most exciting time in Mizzou basketball in the last five years and probably more. I would last say, decade. and uh, and we've noticed that our listener count has skyrocketed, our Twitter account skyrocketed uh, because people are so excited about this and they want to hear about it. And even though we're devoting this episode to Kansas news or to Kansas, I guess Mizzou's obviously better and more important, and we're going to talk about the important stuff. So. Stay tuned. We'll come back from the break. We'll talk a little Michael Porter Jr. action. This is the Mazodcast. Stop! Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway, 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix, phones fixed fast. And now the show with even fewer fans than the Kansas Jayhawks homecoming game, the Mazodcast. We're back, everybody, and we're going to talk a little bit about all the basketball news that shook out over the course of the last week. Obviously, we know we have Conzo Martin as our head coach. We talked a little bit about that in our last program. There was a lot of rumors about Michael Porter Sr. signing on as an assistant, and then, of course, Michael Porter Jr. signing on to play his probably one and done year with the Missouri Tigers. Fellas, what was your emotional roller coaster like this week whenever you were following? I mean, I was on Twitter just hitting Michael Porter Jr. search, repeat, 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 pretty much for the entire week. Yeah, I think I, when we signed Porter Sr. as an assistant coach, I, you know, I think a lot of people assumed that Jr. was coming, but man, big part of me was just like, of course it's Mizzou, of course we're not going to get him, right? He's, of course, going to go somewhere else and just spoil it but no it was it was amazing when he finally actually uh, announced it on twitter and he did it in such a cool way too with that with that photo mm-hmm. um yeah i'm excited i think you know mizzou basketball has 
is going going to be relevant for a change, right? And it's been a while since we've had that, and that's just with one player signing. I I haven't seen, at least based on Twitter of uh, traffic and and our podcast traffic, this level of excitement since we were winning the SEC championships. I mean, <laughs> signing yeah. a recruit right now is on par with us winning the SEC East in football, at yeah. least based on just my. Very yeah, arbitrary you gauge. Know, gauge by looking at what our act twitty our Twitter activity and our our podcast downloads. So I mean, people are enthusiastic about Michael Porter Jr. and I think, of course, Michael Porter Jr. is the reason you know the impetus for the excitement. But I think people are really just starving for competitive Mizzou basketball, regardless yeah. of who the players are. They just we have been so bad for so long. It is just you know it's like being in the desert and there's finally get a cold cup of fucking water. I mean, it's, I, I it's honestly, exciting. I think it's more than that, Colin. I think the last two years has just been one gut punch after the other for yeah. the university as a whole between the protest stuff, between the football team being in the dumpster, I mean, the basketball team being in the fucking dumpster, a Kansas dumpster. Having sex. Yeah. <laughs> dirty, dirty Kansas sex in a dumpster. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it's, it's like a breath of fresh air because it was not just good news for the program, like popping but popping the lid on that dumpster. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't just it wasn't just good news for the program. It was like a real shot in the arm of enthusiasm, and there's this there's this cool factor about Mizzou. Mm-hmm. Like the number one player in the country wants to come here, and it's it's a, it's frankly it's exactly what we needed yeah. to turn the corner. I think as far as just enthusiasm and overall thought yeah. process about the Tigers with the Sturk hire and the basketball hire and Porter Jr. And then the baseball team doing well, and Jaden Cox. Like we have started to make a big upward progression for this university's athletic programs, mm-hmm. and it's because it's been down for a couple of years. It's been some hard times, some lean times, some Kansas type times. Mm-hmm. And I think what's so shocking to everyone is how quickly it all seems to have turned. I mean, it's you know typically you think these processes are going to take a really long time and this feels like it's all happening really quickly which is what everybody wants nobody wants to wait on anything well and- Colin, I, I think you're you're spot on with that because the other thing is with football so obviously we all hope that football improves next year but we all know that we're not going to just suddenly jump to amazing everything's fine football wise type thing i don't know that does t- <laughs> but but the difference, the difference being with basketball, one player can be the difference between a losing season and making the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I mean, and that's such a huge swing, and, and, but that's only really possible, you know, it's, that's not possible in football, right? I mean, we signed, a, well, how many years ago was it we had the number one overall football recruit? Yeah, DGB. It took, you know, it, it took a whole bunch of other people around him in order to make that and and you could still argue that he didn't even make that big of an impact thanks to his shortened time here at the university. He'd made a pretty so, big impact on the uh, on the marijuana sales from our local drug dealers. Well, yeah. That, that is very true. That is very true. If only we have had very successful uh, football drug programs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's definitely been true. But with basketball, you know, you you have one player in there and now some of the other recruits that, you know, as as read about that New coaches bring in, yeah. There's there's this like buzz and energy, and I think people are are finally. It's like we've just been desperate for any good news out of any sports program. And then we and get this so this much like week month. Yeah, it, it's just a multi orgasm week. You know? <laughs> Those are my favorite kind of weeks. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, I think something else worth mentioning too is that um, the younger brother, um, John Tay, John Tay Porter, is basically a seven footer and pretty nifty at basketball himself and scheduled to be a senior in high school this year. And uh, there is a rumor that he may reclassify and actually join this year's class at Mizzou. Now, Jonte himself has thrown a little bit of cold water on that saying at this point, he's just, he thinks he's going to stay in high school and, but you know, he's not ruling anything out yet. So it's not a definitive no. And you know, you never know what's going to happen, but theoretically you could have both Porter brothers playing for Mizzou next season. Yeah, and I think that's best case scenario. I mean, but in reality, it's what I expect with the way everything's going. Yeah, well, ex- sure. And but I mean, even, what I'm saying is even worst case scenario is you get Michael Porter Jr. this year and then you get John Jay next year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. people are like, "Oh, was it worth it to get a coach just to get a one and done player?" And it's like, "Well, there's one waiting in the wings too, and he's not necessarily a one and done." I I think Well, the, and let's be clear, the coach is a pretty darn good coach too. I mean, he's had success in in major programs whereas you know, with Anderson, he he had a success at Central Missouri. I mean, you know, you've got the 
Golden Bears and Tennessee before that. So, I mean, he's a, he's a proven successful D1 basketball coach. So I'll take the number one recruit and the coach. Thank you very much. Oh, I heard him interviewed on the radio this week. Uh, the first time I'd heard him speak because I didn't see the press conference. And I was really excited at first because he they called in and said, hey, coach, thanks for calling in. Hello, how are you doing? You know, and he's really deep voice and like sounded like Barry White or some R and B soul singer was on the phone. And he's like, then he, later he said his voice was a little hoarse. So I was a little disappointed, but I thought maybe we'd hired Teddy Pendergrass. Do you know what I mean? Not only is a great basketball coach, but he also could sing some smooth R and B with that are deep you, voice. Are you saying you're going to play Conza uh, Martin press conference <laughs> yeah. highlights to your wife at night to try to get her in the mood? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Collins is desperate at this point. He'll take anything. <laughs> I I think the turn out the lights and light a candle. <laughs> yeah, you know, right? Yeah, I think that's. I, I think every Mizzou fan's been thinking of the same thing, Colin. Yeah. Um, Conzo Martin may be a great R and B singer. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> I, I think the question I've been hearing over and over again now since the Porter, even before Porter Junior said he was coming to Mizzou, is realistically. What does it do? Like, we did see at LSU a a top draft pick type of player come in, and LSU only won nine games. What does it do for Washington, where he just came from? They won nine games with uh, the – I can't remember the kid's name, but they're talking about him being the number one overall pick for the NBA. I mean, those are two programs that both had top five NBA draft picks on their roster, and neither made the NCAA tournament. And so, Brian, you're you're the show's dose of cold water. Um, (laughs) What Mizzou's an eight win team, frankly, you know, and, and granted, we may have more big recruits coming in. The recruiting season is not over, but uh, what does the addition of Porter Jr. really mean? I mean, how many wins can a superstar type player bring a team that that couldn't even win 10 games last year? Like, it, is the tournament a real possibility? Is 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 beyond that something that we should not be like? What I guess what I should ask is. What is the watermark for what would make you ha- satisfied versus unsatisfied next season with wins and losses? Longest question ever. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Working I on that. I think it should be. I think Mizzou fans should look at the next season and say, if we were, you know, did we have a fighting chance to make the tournament? I mean, I really think that that's the kind of difference. And and partly is is it just the one player, but also you know there are a lot of Anderson supporters out there, and one of the the key sort of arguments they made was, well, he's finally getting his recruiting under him. He's got some good recruits. And he did have some good recruits coming. Something that Martin is actually, you know, going to these recruits and yeah, saying, CJ hey, Roberts we still want you to come to Mizzou. Um, yeah, C.J. Roberts being the biggest of those. And so I think that, that with the incoming class that we have, with just the the coach and the difference, I think you're going to see that the that Martin makes compared to Anderson – I think that the conversation next year needs to be around that can we make ourselves eligible or close to being eligible for the NCAA tournament? I say eligible, I've been thinking bowl, bowl eligibility. Can we make ourselves competitive enough tournament that bound. we are in that conversation for, you know... Bubble. Yeah, yeah That's bubble. my expectation, really, because if you look at it, you're, you're what... Uh, 64 teams, maybe 68 now, where the fuck they've changed it with the playing games and stuff. But if you can't count yourself among the top, let's say, 70 teams in the country, then you're not doing that well. So, I mean, my, I mean, yeah. if we're a 14 seed in the NCAA tournament, I'll say complete success. But I want the oh, NCAA yeah. tournament. And mm-hmm. part of the reason why is, you know, everybody wants to attribute that to obviously getting a superstar, and that will honestly help. But I, there are still Anderson truthers out there from this standpoint is that they're still saying – Oh, he was a good coach put in a bad situation and just, you know, fuck that. I don't even think he was that good of a coach. Like, I never saw him do anything schematically that made them any better. What I really think Anderson's biggest hole in his ability to coach was he just couldn't motivate anyone. Who could Mm -hmm. be motivated by that fucking dry... You talk about a bucket of cold water. He was like a giant, tall Frankenstein made of cold water. You're a really tall Brian Goers. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I hold out the hope that, you know, while the Porter's brothers, or in this case, maybe just Michael, may be worth another, let's say, nine games on top of the nine games, and you're at 18, or we only won eight, sorry, 17 game wins. You know, I believe that Conzo Martin could maybe attribute, you could maybe calculate another four or five wins in just based on the fact that we don't have a reanimated Frankenstein monster as our coach. (laughs) 
Well, we won't know exactly what it is, but I agree. I mean, we're we're staring in the face of 27 wins in three years. <laughs> there's not maybe not a realistic possibility, but there's a very real possibility that we could win that many next year. That yeah, not very thing. realistic, probably. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that's a, I'm going to throw a, a full bucket of cold water on that. <laughs> oh, guys, hold on. We're getting some breaking news. Kansas woman takes a beating but won't surrender her beer. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Kansas news. She was beaten so badly she ended up with two black eyes, but she didn't turn loose of her beer. Her assailant, meanwhile, ended up being thrown into the Little Arkansas River. It all unfolded about 4 p.m., police said, when a 49-year-old woman was walking alongside the riverbank. She'd just purchased a can of high-gravity beer, and a 30-year-old homeless man wanted it. (laughs) He tried to take it from her. She refused, and he began beating her on the face and head. He also kicked her, but she refused to surrender the beer. A second homeless man saw what was going on and came to the woman's aid, police said. He pulled the attacker away from her and scuffled with him, eventually throwing him into the river next to the sidewalk. Both the victim, who lives in Wichita, and her assailant were taken to a local hospital for treatment hmm. with leeches. <laughs> well, the um, there's you know you gotta have principles. She had principles. Mm-hmm. You know, she, it wasn't just about the beer. It's about you know you're not gonna let somebody take something from you, especially if it's a beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's probably the only thing she could afford that week. So you know, good for her. But guys, let's focus back on the Michael Porter situation. Do you think that the guys on the current roster? are excited to play with the number one draft pick, or do you think they're intimidated and think, oh, my roster spot might be in jeopardy because of the type of recruits that are coming in? Well, Phillips, based on his Twitter, certainly doesn't feel that way. He's been tweeting all sorts of excited things, you know. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen anybody else necessarily being so outwardly excited about it, but he certainly has been. Yeah, I think if you're a a good player, you want to play with other good players. I think if you're worried about roster spots, then probably you shouldn't be on this level. Do you think that even football recruits would be excited about having Michael Porter Jr. there? Like if, if they're, he's, I mean, a lot of guys like basketball and if he's legitimately going to be like the next Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. you could hang out with that, that type of guy by coming to Mizzou. Do you, I mean, do you think that's an impactor? It certainly it gets, Hey, I mean, it's a marketing person to tell you, this is great just for on the whole for the university. It just, Mizzou's name was on PTI this week. It was on Sports Center. It was it was on Colin Cowherd. It was everywhere. And the reason it was everywhere was because of Michael Porter Jr. But the you know Mizzou was the name out there. You know it, these sorts of players and level of player kind of almost immediately interject almost a little bit of legitimacy to your programs. You know if somebody of this caliber is worth considering you, then you must be worth consideration. We talked about this last week with the pretty girl syndrome. I'm a pretty girl. No, I, I would definitely agree with that. That I think. You know, success breeds more success, right? It's the reason that people want to go to school at places that have good basketball teams and football teams is that you want to feel like they're just average people, right? Yeah. Not even student athletes. Success just, breeds success in a dumpster in yeah. Kansas. Well, oh, guys, sorry, breaking news. This just comes over the wire. Uh, police arrest Kansas man suspected of having sex with dog. <laughs> A woman woke to a break-in in her house, found a man having sexual intercourse with her four-year-old female Rottweiler, police said Wednesday. Police arrested the man, who they said had a prior conviction of the same crime less than six months ago. This is the first time I've ever seen this, and I've been in law enforcement a long time, said Lieutenant Sam Hanley, who leads the department's sex crimes unit. That's a busy That's, unit. Well, it's because yeah. nobody in Kansas reports this sort of thing, typically. I mean, it's just like kind of box standard, everyday Kansas stuff. The man- well, I hope that, that they're out patrolling dumpsters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the man was booked into Sedgwick County Jail on suspicion of criminal sodomy, as opposed to, I guess, non-criminal sodomy, uh, and aggravated burglary. The man pleaded no contest to having sex with an animal last September in Reno County and was fined $353, according to court documents. He can also be found on an internet website where people show photos and tell stories about sex with animals. Yeah, it's called the dark web. (laughs) The Rottweiler was not injured, Hanley said, but a Kansas Humane Society spokesman said the incident still qualifies as animal cruelty. Because she didn't orgasm? (laughs) It is abuse, said Jennifer Campbell, oh, okay. director of communications for the Kansas Humane Society. That is committing a violent act towards an animal. Unfortunately, it's a crime that we've become all too familiar with here in Sedgwick County. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like we're running a canine brothel. <laughs> wow. 
that's your typical just out of the mill story in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, you know, it's Kansas news. We, it's breaking and it comes in here. And if this is the all Kansas episode, we got to talk about it. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I know we were talk, discussing the Porter situation, but speaking of that, um, when when Michael Porter Sr. decided to uh, return to Mizzou, and, we, and when we broke that story and uh, tweeted out there, I, I'm I'm sorry, when Dave Matter broke that story. Uh, a lot of UW fans were very upset about it, and they had a lot of things to say. And so uh, kind of tying this back into the Kansas episode, let's let's read Sour Grapes, not just for the Michael Porter situation, but also Kansas fans circling back to this weekend's loss to Oregon. Let's just bundle it all together in a big, fat Sour Grapes episode. Sour Grapes! Sour Grapes! Sour Grapes! All right, guys, what have you got for us? Well, after poking around Twitter for a little bit, and we, I didn't get near as many as I had hoped. I mean, there were a lot of them out there. Is basically on my own laziness that didn't bring us that many of these. But Thanks for the show prep. Yeah, you're welcome. But, uh, <laughs> for instance, this young gentleman who is a student at uh, the UW, as Brian would uh, ask mm, me to say. Have it. us refer to it. Yeah, is Peyton Huffman, at Huffman Peyton, wrote, Crazy that at the MPJ1, or Michael Porter Jr., going to Missouri, because Missouri sucks balls and tits, <laughs> you guys will still suck major donkey balls. Sour grapes. So, um, yeah, major donkey balls. Mm-hmm. So I assume he's a major uh, Seattle sports analyst? Yeah, yeah. Is there been... a blue check mark next to his name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, let's see. Brian, here. you got anything for us? Yeah, one in particular who uh, just wouldn't let it go was J-Dubs at Big J-Dubs. He tweeted a couple times saying, I'm actually glad he's gone. U-Dub, again, I'm not making this up. This is what they call themselves. U-Dub won't bend over and kiss his ass like he wants. And then he wouldn't let it up later. Glad that little bitch and his old man aren't staying truth. Yeah. Salad Absolutely 100% glad that little bitch and his old man, old man aren't staying truth. Yeah. Yeah, they're so upset, or they're so happy that the number one player in the nation is not going to their school because every, you know, it's just like you know nobody wants to date the hottest girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, well, then they say that he wasn't a good fit. Yeah, not a good I, fit. I, that's a ultimate sour grapes. I think was that article people read uh, from the Tacoma newspaper. Another one here is uh, Dave Hager tweeted out, "Wow." They'll be ranked for one year, then fade back into obscurity, just as Washington would have if Porter had stayed. So sour grapes. That's a little bit of sour grapes for Mizzou and Washington. Yeah, shit on your own team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so I guess we can expect then that Washington will be irrelevant next year and then the year after, I guess? Yeah. What- yeah. So we're at least we get relevancy for one year, according mm-hmm. to this tweet. Right. But probably the most sour grapes thing to come out of all of this was an article mm-hmm. written in the... Uh, Tacoma something or other. Yeah, by uh, at TNT McGrath. Uh, that's his Twitter handle. And he basically wrote an entire article uh, about uh, how Michael Porter wasn't a good fit and for the program because having the best basketball player and player in the nation is on your team just never a fit. And uh, my question is, if you're a coach and you can't make the best player in the nation fit on your team, you might not be a very good coach. <laughs> but he basically just chastises this kid uh, for not choosing you, Washington you and dub. running off to Missouri and made him sound like this the biggest prima donna in the world. And he might be. I don't know, but gives no context for it. You know what I mean? It's not like he's, he cites examples of him being a diva. He just is like, yeah, go take it someplace else with your where they'll lick your bottom and whatever. It's like, how, he's a basketball player. The and coach he wanted to play for is got fired with his dad. Yeah, and now he doesn't want to go play for the same program that just fired his dad. Is that really that well, big a stretch? They didn't technically fire his dad. His dad left before that could happen. But. Well, but still, it's you know mm-hmm. the fact is is that it, it this is a writer on staff who is the most sour grapes butt hurt I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it got a lot of traction all over the place. Switch gears, switch gears, guys, a little bit. Like I mentioned, Kansas losing a lot of sour grapes about that too, wasn't there? Yeah, so after now that we've mentioned the uh, the article that was basically the biggest sour grapes thing to come out of that whole little thing, there's the uh, Kansas lost sour grapes. So there's and there's plenty of that out there. 
sour grapes from one of their players, Josh Jackson, one of their mm-hmm. best players, a terrific young man, Brendan, by all accounts. Oh, terrific yeah. young from man. From everything I've heard, he's a stand-up guy. <laughs> yeah, terrific young man. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Sam Mellinger. Like to kick it with him. Alt, alt news right there. <laughs> from yeah. fake, news. fake news. Fake news. The Kansas City star Sam Mellinger uh, tweeted a quote from Josh Jackson after the game. That second foul was complete bullcrap. Took me out of the game. Josh Jackson. So he's going to go right after those officials. Yeah. I like how, what's that say about him that he got got called for a second foul and he's like, I'm out, I'm out of this game. Yeah. See Elite Eight. Fuck it. I'm done. I can't deal with this official. Well, and he spent, I think part of it is because he got pulled out of the game and uh, spent a lot of time on the sidelines kicking car doors, waiting for another opportunity to get in there. And then once Mm -hmm. he was in the opportunity, he was in there, he was in foul trouble and he just didn't feel Mm -hmm. like he'd play his game. Yeah. Poor guy. Heart goes out to him. Yeah. One of the greatest tweets I saw the night was um, someone trolling Kansas. Mm-hmm. A little bit of sour grapes, maybe. I don't know how to, how to describe this, but it was from the Lawrence Police, and this got a ton of play on Twitter, mm-hmm. if you guys aren't aware. The Lawrence Police Department tweeted out, well, at least we have a lot of experience dealing with fans after Elite Eight losses. Get home <laughs> safe, Jayhawk fans. Drive sober. And that, people did not like that. Well, how so? Well, uh, there was literally thousands of responses to this. This tweet got... Went crazy, but uh, one of the ones I liked particularly was a Kansas fan trolling them, saying, "Yeah, real smart move hiring Mizzou grad as your social media coordinator." And uh, a Mizzou fan tweeted, <laughs> responded to that, "I think they were just tired of misspellings." <laughs> so <laughs> I appreciated that. Oh, you know, fantastic. you know what's so great about this that one tweet that you just said, Colin, is that. Like that had to be so satisfying for the Lawrence Police Department, who's probably had to deal with the Jayhawk players way too often on a personal level. Of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a little payback for all mm-hmm. the overtime they made the, the yeah. BD put in. But the their Twitter account went on though, Colin, didn't it? Didn't they had a, a more than just that, right? Yeah, I think that it was there was a lot of back and forth on there. But... Oh, guys, sorry, I, I hate to interrupt. Kansas man uncooperative after being stabbed in scrotum with hypodermic needle. (laughs) A 39-year-old Wichita man told police someone stabbed him in the scrotum with a hypodermic needle after an argument. A scan at the hospital showed that part of the needle had broken off inside the man's scrotum. The man reported the incident to police at 1.25 p.m. Friday. A police report did not indicate if the fight happened at a home or business. The man underwent surgery to remove the needle. Police said the victim was uncooperative about divulging who had stabbed him. Sounds that's a rough one. Yeah, so uh, that seems unpleasant. Did you guys have a... Almost as unpleasant as living in Kansas. <laughs> Did you guys have any other sour graves? Oh, sure. Go, sure. go ahead and read one. Well, Mateo underscore G23 wrote, Missouri with a solid year. Mizzou couldn't even manage to make the NIT. Rock chalk. Sour graves. Yeah, yep. You're right. We didn't make the NIT. Mm-hmm. But we also didn't lose any Elite Eight last night. Colin, I'm, I'm so sorry. We have another story that came in. Kansas parents arrested after doing heroin in Chuck E. Cheese parking lot, police say. They took their young daughter to Chuck E. Cheese for a bite to eat on Sunday, police said, but they never made it inside the Wichita restaurant. The man and woman decided to do some heroin in the front seat before going into the restaurant. Lieutenant Joe Schrader said police found them passed out about 4.15 p.m. Sunday when a concerned passerby called 911 to express concern for the welfare of the young child still in the back seat. Mm-hmm. Their three-year-old was asleep in the backseat and unharmed. We do come across parents who drive drunk with their kids in the car, using drugs in their presence, he said in an email response to questions. This case was a little bizarre due to all the circumstances. The 31-year-old man and 22-year-old woman were arrested on suspicion of drug offenses and child endangerment. The girl was placed in protective custody. Protective custody, pretty busy place in Wichita. Uh, The woman denied using heroin and insisted she was just napping. Yeah. There's well, two things story. you do at Chuck E. Cheese, do heroin and take naps. So it's hard to say which she was doing. I have been inside a Chuck E. Cheese for a child's birthday party, and frankly, I... Not the best place for a nap. Not the best place for a nap, but... I wouldn't but, mind some heroin. I, I think doing a little heroin before the trip, it might be the best way to get you through the trip <laughs> yeah. to Chuck E. Cheese. So can't even well, fault them too Kansas, much. the Chuck E. Cheeses actually provide the heroin. That's yeah. part of the story that got left out. In Kansas, the Chuck E. Cheese is the finest restaurant in all of the state. <laughs> yeah. So back to Sarah Graves, Brennan. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry about that. At Tamran811 put, at least Kansas fans have occasional moments of glory, unlike Mizzou. Sarah Graves. At Dan Scales 2007 wrote, Missouri and Kansas are not rivals. Mizzou left the Big 12 and quit playing them. Now this mm-hmm. is a little revisionist history, Brennan, which yeah. we have gone over many times. Yes. Yes, indeed. 
this is something that we go circle and circle and circle with with stupid, stupid Kansas fans. We don't have to be in the same conference to play, and we would love to play you, but you refuse. Yeah, because you're Missouri left shit. and quit playing them, so we're being blamed for quitting playing mm-hmm. them. Even, even though, though Bill even... Self refuses, he's yeah. the one who will not let this go on. Yeah, yeah the yeah. lead chicken shit of the entire state. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget that they tried to go to the Big Ten and failed. Yeah, twice. Mm-hmm. Dan J eighty three wrote, "Go live under a bridge, you troll." At our good friend TJ Mo, because <laughs> TJ Mo, with him for this <laughs> TJ Mo had tweeted, uh, "Pretty good week for Mizzou fans. Got a number one player in the country and watched Kansas choke." So, uh, go live under a troll. This guy does not happy with TJ Mo's mm-hmm. sentiment, as I often am not. But mm-hmm. then I agreed with him on that that case. There's a good chance K State and Mizzou would rather Kansas lose the tourney than play in it. Sour grapes. I don't know. That's hmm. no, I'd rather just play in it, but it's close. Yeah. It is close. It's closer than it should be. He's <laughs> probably are, right. We are devoting an entire hour to yeah, Kansas. That's probably right. And to wrap it all up, DC Baby tweets out Mizzou fans want to be Kansas so bad. No, I don't know. I about get that. it. Sour you wish you could go to the lead eight and a final four, but you can't because you suck. <laughs> Profound. Well, she did say final four in there. Yeah, mm, I don't know about that. Yeah, you've been to one of those, two of those. Okay, guys, uh, we've we've hit a lot of sour grapes. We've talked a lot of basketball. Let's take our final break for the day. When we come back, we're going to play our interview with a Kansas historian, so you can learn a little bit more about. Yeah, this is a real historian, Brennan. Mm-hmm. You sought this man out. I did. He it, works in Kansas yes, as he a does. Kansas historian. That's probably the saddest job I've ever heard of. <laughs> yes, indeed. and I know somebody who euthanizes dogs. Mm-hmm. Wow. But uh, you you interviewed this gentleman. I did indeed interview him, and uh, because I felt like these are our rivals, and we we can joke around a little bit, but you really can't joke around unless you know your enemy. Sure. And so this is a, it's, it's educational, frankly, and yeah. and so I really hope our listeners pay good attention to what the guy had to say and uh, is entertained by Kansas history. Mm-hmm. So when we come back, enjoy that. This is the Mazadcast. I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No, our blades are f***ing great. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are DollarShaveClub.com, and the party is on. They stink worse than Josh Augusta's jockstrap. The Mazzotcast. Tim Rose, I take care of Constitution Hall. It's a state historic site in Lecompton, Kansas. Lecompton is uh, halfway between Topeka and Lawrence in eastern third of Kansas. And the building uh, that I work in is a wood frame building built in 1856. So I'm not particularly interested in the building you work in, sir. Uh, the building was the capital of the territory of Kansas. No, again, I'm not interested in that at all. It's also where a constitution was written called the Compton Constitution. Good Christ. I can't think of anything less interesting. Uh, just just tell me a little something about how Kansas came about. Uh, the Kansas-Nebraska Act creates Kansas territory along with Nebraska. This was championed by Stephen Douglas, the powerful U.S. senator from uh, Illinois. And he felt that the people of these two new territories, Kansas and Nebraska, should decide the uh, free or slave state at the ballot box. That became known as popular sovereignty. Okay, if we're going to keep doing this, I'm going to need your answers to be more concise and less, I don't know, mind-numbingly boring. Okay, really work on perking it up this time. My next question is, who in their right mind would ever leave their home to come and settle in fucking Kansas? When Kansas Territory opened up, abolitionists from New England, New York, the East, Ohio, Great Lakes, Ohio River Valley states poured out here to stop Kansas from being a slave state, and bleeding Kansas became known as erupted out here for seven years from 1854 to 1861 statehood. Can, can I stop you for a second? Sure. Okay, I just wanted to let you know your answer was starting to drift into fucking boring again, so um, I'm going to move a little bit forward. All these people coming to Kansas, did no one warn them what a terrible, godforsaken cesspool of a shithole it was before they got out here and learned for themselves, you know, and were obviously probably terrified? 
Right. And and there was someone named was it Zebulon Pike who right. he came out here, you know, he was, he was an explorer and he came right after Lewis and Clark and came out, you know, what be Kansas and the Rocky Mountains and all over and declared this area, you know, the Great American Desert. Yeah, why didn't you tell me about that guy? You kind of glossed over that, didn't you? That Kansas was labeled the Great American Desert. Rightly so. It's a shithole. You know, when the Great Lakes and Ohio River Valley and the South is being settled by whites, you know, they pushed the, the immigrant tribes, Indian tribes out here, the Great American Desert. Right, because it was Kansas was considered so undesirable. Sure. Yeah. So let's get back to the, uh, the lead up to the Civil War, because it's probably the only interesting time in the state's history, I guess. So for about seven years, it was the prelude to the war was going on out here and it attracted radicals. Men like John Brown and his sons would come here. And they were sort of lunatics, like uh, your Kansas buddy Fred Phelps, right? Sure. That erupted during the Civil War. So from 1854 to 1861, it was Kansas, Missouri, bleeding Kansas. And then you had four more years of Civil War with Quantrell and the, and the massacre at Lawrence. And then Order Number 11 in Missouri, which wiped out about four counties. It was 11 years of warfare along the border. And I think history has been pretty clear that the uh, the Jayhawker side, the Kansans, were basically terrorists, murderers, thugs, rapists, and monsters, right? Well, uh, they, they were basically outlaws, you know, and they burned and pillaged and stole and killed and did everything. They were just do, there were no angels out here. Do modern-day Kansans consider those people to be uh, on the side of good, or do they consider them— You know, the Kansans, you know— a lot of Kansans consider John Brown, you know, a great man and a martyr. Not really the psychopath that he really was. And then, you know, in Missouri, he's considered, you know, sometimes some people a murderer and a terrorist. So one man's terrorist, another man's freedom fighter. But most Kansans don't see Jayhawkers as terrorists that they probably yeah, won't work. Uh, well, I, you know, they got, they named the mascot for the University of Kansas. <laughs> so. Fair enough. What a bunch of dickheads. Never did go over well with a lot of people in Missouri. Well, let's switch topics to some other terrible, terrible shit that Kansans have done. Kansas was basically the start of where prohibition took place. Alcohol prohibition took place. Uh, I why? Mean, yeah. You know, why don't you? I can't think of a single fucking good reason why that would happen. It's, no, it seems like Kansas an awful thing of, to me. You know, the people that came out here, particularly the abolitionists, mm -hmm. this is like a, you know, a clean slate out here. They can remake society. And these abolitionists that came here from Massachusetts and New York and the East and New England, you know, they, they were they were progressives. They had about three or four different causes that were coming out for. Number one, of course, they were abolitionists. They wanted to abolish slavery. Okay, that's good. I can give you on that. Also wanted to establish women's voting and women's suffrage and women's rights out here. Mm, okay, I guess I guess that'll work too. Well, first two don't sound too bad. Were, they wanted to establish temperance or ban, you know, consumption of alcohol, production of alcohol. Those fucking bastards! It's one of the worst things I've ever heard. It sounds like a nightmare. Their, you know, platform when they came out here. And these people were the early movers and shapers of, you know, of Kansas. So, well, uh, slavery, women's rights, and get rid of alcohol. Well, it's, the first two aren't too bad. but the right. <laughs> And, you know, so that, that it goes down, you know, that's why we have temperance. And, of course, I think Kansas is really the first one nationwide to have it in the 1880s. You know, but a, a little advice, uh, I, don't brag about that. It's not something you really ought to be proud of. <laughs> so what happened next? Uh, the war's over, your state. Anything else happen in this state ever again? And then when the war was over, the federal government told them to go homestead camp out central western Kansas followed the railroads out west and told these ex-Union soldiers, you know, for every day you served in the Union Army, take a day off that five-year homestead residency, you know, to get 160 acres of homestead. It got it free if you could survive for five years and, and you would improve, build a house, break the sod. When those people would go out to uh, try to farm in, uh, in, out in Kansas, would anything grow? No, uh, dry land, but, you know, in southwest Kansas, there's known as the Ogallala Aquifer, and it's like the Great Lakes underground. So Kansas is lush and beautiful underground. Oh, right, plenty of water. But, you know, you get west of Salina, that's kind of halfway. And the further west you go, you uh, get higher and drier. 
But most of Kansas, you know, is dry land. They gave the land away for free. Yeah. Before that, the Democrats made you buy the land, dollar twenty-five an acre. Mm-hmm. Seems overpriced. <laughs> All right. So everybody around the country knows that Kansas is terrible and the worst state, and uh, nobody likes it. Nobody wants to be there. Nobody even wants to think about it, really. I guess the big question is, uh, what's the matter with Kansas? Maybe, you know, the, I don't know, maybe the depression, you know, things. I mean, the Dust Bowl and just, you know, hard times. And maybe that caused it. Just, you know, the land turned against the people out here and it dried up and blew away and didn't rain. And you know, people had to leave Kansas. You know. mm-hmm. Maybe that. I really don't know. Good question. Well, one of the last things I want to ask you about before I let you go is uh, one of the most famous Kansans, uh, Fred Phelps of the Westboro Baptist Church. He, you know, he called the United States an evil nation smeared in, in his words, fag feces all over the Bible. How common of a, of a you know, it, 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 is there anything in Kansas that would make that sort of uh, extreme I think, thing? Brian, I think, you know, that with the advent of the World Wide Web, I mean, you know, uh, all kinds of groups, you know, use that to recruit. I think, yeah. you know, the family is very, they're all attorneys, they're smart people. Well, smart for Kansans. Fred Phelps at one time was a tremendous civil rights attorney. Mm, I'm not sure you know what civil rights attorneys do. I and, uh, I mean, all his kids are attorneys. I live in Topeka. Mm-hmm. The old man's dead now. Fred Phelps dead. I'm sorry for your loss. I'm not sure what's going on at the church now or... But, I mean, they were very uh, PR savvy all over the country, sending faxes out. You know what a fax machine is? <laughs> I know what it is. <laughs> they were on the cutting-edge technology. I hate to interrupt you, but uh, um, a fax machine is not exactly the cutting-edge of technology. I know it may be in Kansas, but the rest of the country, it is not. Then they had the World Wide Web, yeah. the Internet. Oh, you guys got that now. And they got their message out that way, you know, not, not unlike... Uh, a lot of groups, ISIS today, you know, that recruit through the internet. Sure, sure. Many Kansans are uh, are like ISIS. What's the future of Kansas? Kansans are pretty much middle of the road, and you know they always, you know, concerned with education, good roads, a state budget that they always talked about being uh, adequate. I think that's how they like it. Okay, this is about all the Kansas talk I can stand. Thank you very much, uh, Tim. Stay adequate. <laughs> it's a wonderland both day and night. Ah, Kansas. Stay a while, it feels so right. Ah, Kansas. A country breeze, the hills, the trees, our clear blue Kansas sky. Ah, What'd you think, guys? Did you learn something today? Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I knew a lot of that. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the some of the more detailed information I wasn't sure of, but you know, just confirmed everything I mm-hmm. thought about the that what is a godless hellscape. Yeah, I'll say the guy was a good sport. Yeah, sure was. <laughs> He's got to be. You know, he's a <laughs> Kansas historian. That's right. Okay, fellas, I guess you know that pretty much will do it for our all Kansas episode. I mean, it. it we had a lot to get in there. And- there's another story I'm going to have okay. to. Do you mind if I work no, this in? No, go ahead. I mean, okay. it's breaking. Mice chew into Kansas Police Department evidence bag, eat marijuana. <laughs> Some mighty mellow mice are lurking somewhere in Wichita but Police Department know. evidence and property building downtown. Evidence clerk of the building discovered that mice had chewed into and nested in three bags of marijuana connected to cases from 2009. The clerk said it was evident mice ate some of the marijuana, according to a police report. We've got some mice that are stoners, Lieutenant Doug Nolte said. Hilarious. The clerk weighed the marijuana that was left and resealed it. The exterminator that is contracted for the building has been contacted. Mm, good. So, good. I'd hate for there to be high mice. Let's be honest. It was a cop who did it and <laughs> yeah, then framed chewed, some mice. Literally chewed through the wrapper like a mouse <laughs> rather than <laughs> use a knife. Yeah. So anyway, what I was saying is it's, I think it's time to wrap up and uh, move on and, and focus on uh, sports again. The spring game's coming up, and so that is – we're going to be focusing in on football. This is what the show is all – God, son of a bitch. Okay, sorry. Kansas Walmart customer, angry with self-checkout machine, loses tooth in a fight. 
<laughs> with a cell checkout machine. <laughs> Fres- well, those things are rugged. You know, those things are a little bit more uh, intense. Than it's like the Paul Feinbaum. It fights back. <laughs> These machines are rising up. Frustrated that he could not complete his transaction, a man began cussing out a machine in a self checkout line at Walmart in Wichita on Monday. That didn't sit well with another customer, a 35-year-old Hispanic male who confronted the angry customer at 2.30 in the Wichita store. The dispute continued as the men left the store. A third man joined the argument and eventually punched the man who had cursed. Mm-hmm. The punch knocked out a tooth of the angry customer, who was white, only tooth, by the way, <laughs> who was white and was throwing out racial slurs after the fight started. That language heightened the confrontation, according to reports. The man who threw the punch was a 40-year-old black man not in the store at the time the incident began. The puncher and the man who confronted the angry customer both left the scene before officers arrived. There were several witnesses. Hmm. So I'd be lying if I said I hadn't screamed, you motherfucker, at one of those checkout machines mm, before. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen a lot of cursing and child beating in Walmart, and I just thought par for the course. <laughs> yeah, you know, sure. Especially when, you know, Kansas, I have to think that's really the... My goodness, good, where are the wow. show are going to end? I, I know, I'd like to end the show, but there's too much going on in Kansas, and Joel, we have to bring it to you. knock it off. All right. This Quit was, giving Britain stories. But listen, this is an important one, guys. All right. This is serious, so stop joking around. Okay. Wichita chiropractor takes flack for lipstick menstrual product. I'm sorry, what? what? <laughs> I don't know what all of those words put together mean. <laughs> I don't either. A Wichita chiropractor has decided to free women from tampons, pads, and the stigma of periods. And he plans to do so with an adhesive feminine lipstick, he calls it, according to his website. And He's Facebook going to glue their pussies shut? <laughs> the lipstick. Where's the blood gonna go? Has been does he, does he know what sepsis is? <laughs> Toxic shock syndrome? Are any of these things familiar Colin, to him? This is a story. The lipstick has been patented, but not yet manufactured. <laughs> yeah, boy, okay. According to the now unavailable Facebook site, it is a natural combination of amino acids and oils applied to the labia that keep menstrual blood contained and washes away with urine. Does this, I don't know much about how chiropractors medical training goes, (laughs) but this guy obviously has no understanding of how the human body works. Well, uh, my understanding is chiropractors are focused mainly on the back. (laughs) Yeah. Are chiropractors uh, even doctors now? I don't know, but this guy is, uh, I don't want to offend anyone. I'll say that. I don't want to offend anyone with any of this. Oh, you don't want to offend anybody with your glue pussy (laughs) or your (laughs) pussy glue. I should say, he said in a phone interview, it's a good option that if women will actually consider, they will see it improve their lives. Dops also owns Dops Chiropractic Clinic in Wichita, and family members have disavowed the product. Dops, <laughs> Dops, so they've opened a science book before. <laughs> and they want to keep the pussies open. Yeah. Dops and the project is a culmination of years of work that several manufacturers have expressed interest in, although he wouldn't say which ones. The product is a mild adhesive, he said, similar to a sticky note. His uncle was one of those... Uh... Facebook comments range from calling for Dobbs to glue his mouth shut to asking whether he understood basic female anatomy. (laughs) That's my thing. I'm sure when he actually shows you the uh, bottle of the glue, if you just peel the label off it, just say Albers. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I'm a man, and you, as a woman, should have come up with a better solution than diapers and plugs, but you didn't. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) He's taking a strong stand. Reason being, women are focused on and distracted by your period 25% of the time, making them far less productive than they could be. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So Westboro Baptist Church member as well. Well, Fred Dobbs' brother says the idea is an embarrassment. Dan's a great chiropractor and has helped many people, but this has nothing to do with chiropractics. And I personally told him it's a bad idea to associate his name with this. I didn't think it was in his best interest or the family's, which we've tried hard to build in this community. Yeah, and his brother is probably a little bit jealous because he also came up with a giant cork that he's been trying to market. And so they're a little bit rivals. Guys, before we get anything else there, Joe brought me another one. Oh, boy. No answers found in the Kansas skydiver's death. The, <laughs> yeah. the FAA All has right. been unable to determine why a Kansas woman fell to her death in northern Oklahoma. 26-year-old Sherilyn Neff of Newton, Kansas, jumped from 10,000 feet and was supposed to deploy her parachute at 6,000. Instead, Neff continued to fall eventually to her death. The parachute was later found in a locker at the skydiving company's headquarters. FAA spokesman Lynn Lunsford told the Oklahoman that the parachute appeared to have been packed properly and there was no obvious reason she failed to take it onto the plane. He stated that due to a growing number of these issues, Oklahoma authorities have considered banning Kansas residents from skydiving. 
Neff's instructor stated that. So she that, never even put it on? Is that the, it's in her working It was in theory? the locker. <laughs> That's right. Neff's instructor. She forgot to take it out of the locker. What? She forgot. Well, apparently it says due to increasing number of these issues. Step one, take the parachute out of locker. <laughs> Neff's instructor stated that prior to the jump, he had grilled her for two hours over remedial basics of what a parachute was and why it was vitally important to wear one during the skydiving <laughs> process. Sure. <laughs> So, I mean, it, I kind of feel bad for the company. I don't know how mm. bad I feel for her. For, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, that, her death is a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> cause. I wonder what the coroner put as cause of death. Unknown. Yep. yep. So, anyway, I think that will finally wrap it up, fellas. Um, there's a, a lot of Kansas news to bring to you. Yeah, for our listeners that like Kansas news, they're going to be very happy. For our listeners that don't like Kansas news and want us to talk a lot about sports, They'll be not so happy. <laughs> no, especially um, this busy, busy sports week. Yeah, they're like they're going to see this appear on their, uh, you know, the the alert appear at their uh, pod, uh, whatever modality they used to download pods. And hey, Lady Zodcast has got an episode up. I'm sure they talked all about this. Michael Porter Jr. hiring mm-hmm. yeah, NCAA senior March hiring. Madness. Yeah, March Madness. There's so much sports to talk about. Nope, nope. We talked about Kansas. Hey, Colin, I got some more breaking news for you. What's that? Kansas is not in the Final Four. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh god yep yep oh that's good stuff oh mercy good stuff mercy anyway so all right guys you're pretty excited about the spring game coming up yeah april Finally, it's one month away we can yep. really focus on football uh i saw did, did i see something i think nate brown got uh shoulder surgery so oh, he won't terrific. be participating it's it's supposedly minor he'll be back for fall camp but uh, a motherfucker, I know, I know. But uh, just want to throw that out there as the one bit of football news is we're a football podcast. But uh, anyway, I, I'm very excited for seeing the guys get back on the field. I have a lot of optimism. Maybe I shouldn't, but I sure do. Anyway, we should sign off and never think about Kansas again, at least until next week. Till then, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. All right, lift up that nutsack, fella. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.